This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.07. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. And uh, we've got quite a packed show lined up for you today. And overall, it is a reaction to the verdict that has come in because uh, the federal court has found that Datuk Sri Najib Razak will serve a 12-year prison sentence and pay a fine of 210 million ringgit in default of another five-year imprisonment. I think this was a verdict that people had been anticipating to come out this week. Uh, There had also been several instances of um, minor drama changes, uh, some attempted delays that had also occurred this week. So, People weren't exactly sure when it was going to happen, but um, it did just this afternoon. Yes. So the five-person court bench was chaired by Chief Justice Tengku Maimun Tuan Mat, um, and they unanimously dismissed Najib's appeal to quash his conviction. Uh, so this is over seven criminal charges uh, as well as the sentencing. And the other federal court mem- uh, bench members were Chief Judge of Sabah and Sarawak, Abang Iskandar Abang Hashim, as well as Senior Judges P. Nalini Mary Lim and Mohammad Zabidin Mohammad Dia. Uh, now, as you said, Lynn, it's been a couple of weeks of a lot of... Um, a fair amount of drama, I'd say, uh, from uh, bringing on new representation to then said representation wanting to uh, recuse themselves, uh, and then I think even as recently as today in the in the morning, a call for the chief justice to be recused. Um, we saw former defense lawyer Shafi Abdullah being brought into court. So it's it's been quite a journey to get here, and quite a confusing and fraught journey, I will say. Which is why I think the um, the fact that the the verdict was handed out today. Uh, uh, and the sentencing upheld is being greeted with a fair amount of, um, I think I will say actually, a fair amount of uh, praise, um, particularly in terms of the judiciary and the role that they've played in this process. So when we say long, right, um, because the initial sentencing happened in 2020 after what was at the time a 79-day trial. So that was two years ago now. And then it went to the Court of Appeal last year. And that's what's found us now officially at the federal court level. So it is a a long and winding path to get here. Um, Today, we are going to be looking at it, not just in terms of the legal repercussions, but also what this means in terms of how we're thought of when it comes to corruption, uh, when it comes to governance, what political ramifications this is going to have. So that's going to be rolling out throughout the evening. And those are the guests that we have lined up for you. But we're going to be starting off by first trying to understand exactly what happened in court today and what the verdict actually covers. So doing that with us will be lawyer Newsin Yu. He's going to join us very, very shortly. Again, we are talking today about the verdict of uh, Datuk Sri Najib Razak. We'd like to hear from you. How are you feeling now that it has officially been announced? Do you have questions? You can call us, 7733-2900, WhatsApp, or send us a voice note, 018-789-8899, and tweet us at BFM Radio. Be free-minded. BFM 89.9.
89.9. It is 5.11 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. Today we are covering the verdict um, in the trial of, or rather in the appeal process, right, of Datuk Sri Najib Razak's SRC trial. In essence, uh, today it was announced that he will have to serve a 12-year prison sentence and pay a fine of 210 million ringgit in default of another five years imprisonment. And we'd like to hear from you. How are you feeling about this? Do you have questions about it? You can call us double seven double three two nine hundred. You can also WhatsApp or leave us a voice note zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at BFM Radio. And uh, joining us now to unpack what legally happened is lawyer New Sinu. Sinu, thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me. All right. So, what was your reaction when you heard the verdict? Well, it's sort of expected given the position that has been uh, taken by Najib's team. Uh, last week, when you choose not to make a submission and uh, maintain that position today, uh, it's as good as uh, throwing in a towel because uh, the court would not have uh, been aided by any uh, grounds or any, any points of law that you may want to raise to point out why the earlier courts were wrong. And... Uh, all that the court could rely on really was the submissions uh, by the respondent, which is the prosecution, as well as what was before them, which is the records of appeal, as well as the uh, petition of appeal. And um, normally in practice, if one side chooses not to make any submissions, um, it's it's as good as throwing in the towel. So uh, that, that, that sort of happened. And I think uh, we saw the expected outcome uh, today. The verdict contained 38 points. What can you tell us about the contents and what it covered? Well, uh, to be honest, I haven't gone through all uh, 38 points and, and I don't think it has been uh, published yet. But uh, I would think that whatever that was decided is uh, an affirmation of what the Court of Appeal as well as the uh, High Court uh, at trial had decided. Um and, and that really goes back to emphasize the importance of uh, putting in uh, your own submissions uh, to point out why you say that the earlier courts were wrong. And if you do not do that, uh, chances are the court is just going to rely on what is already there. And, and uh, this strategy that has been employed uh, by Najib's team, well, unfortunately and quite expectedly, it had backfired. So give us a recap of what actually happened today. Um, were there notable moments that stood out to you? Well, there was uh, quite a few, you know. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was quite, uh, quite uh, I don't want to say entertaining, but uh, we were glued to what was happening on Twitter. Uh, well, it started with an application to recuse the Chief Justice on the grounds that the Chief Justice's husband uh, made a Facebook posting about uh, Najib after GE14 some four years ago. And as a result of that, there was a real danger of bias. Uh, this was dismissed and the federal court uh, dismissed it on the grounds that spousal relationship alone is uh, not enough to espouse the spouse's views on the judge. And the FB post alone, uh, it did not meet the threshold of a having a danger of biasness. So, so that was the first uh, uh, memorable event. And of course, you have the uh, <laughs> memorable event of uh, 
Lansri Shafi returning to the join the fray and 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 then uh, making uh, you know uh, quite a swift exit, as well as uh, another lawyer uh, that came from the public gallery to to try to submit and was told off by the uh, prosecution. Uh, all these were were quite novel, if I can put it nicely. Uh, that does not usually happen uh, during an appeal process. And of course, there were applications to adjourn the hearing. And similarly, it was all dismissed because uh, many such applications were made during the course of the appeal. Um, and then finally, you have the final verdict, uh, which I sort of suspected that it might happen because uh, the appellant did not offer any submissions. Uh, but uh, usually in a high-profile case like this, uh, it's, it's not uncommon to see the judge reserve its decision. But I think given the circumstances uh, that one side did not make an appeal, uh, you know, they could decide just based on what is already there, which uh, most likely have been, have been you know, perused during the four months leading up to the appeal. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much a recap of what has happened. And I think expectedly, uh, also, as we have seen in Anwar Ibrahim's trial, sorry, Anwar Ibrahim's appeal, final appeal, that the um, uh, accused decided to make a statement from the dock, a political statement from the dock. Uh, so, so that's, that's that's already done as well. So all, all the usual ingredients that you would see in a political uh, view, you know, it, it was all present. So just to be clear, what further options does Datu Sri Najib have now? Okay, um, there's a few, but I'll start with the most obvious. Uh, the first option that he has is to file for a petition uh, for pardons to the young Liputuan Agong. And uh, that basically means that now that the judicial process has ended, we move on to the executive uh, process to see if there can be a remedy sought by the executive. Uh, so even though the court may convict the executive, uh, which is uh, the YDPA, may pardon the, con pardon the sentence, not the conviction, pardon the sentence, to say that you do not have to uh, serve any jail time or you do not have to pay the fine or any of the sentence that has been uh, meted out. So that can be done and that must be done within the next 14 days. Because if uh, Najib do not file a petition for pardons in the next 14 days, uh, he will be disqualified as a member of parliament. At this moment, Najib's status as a member of parliament for Pekan remains uh, intact, at least for the next 14 days. And if the royal pardon is filed and uh, accepted, then he will remain uh, as an MP. And he would, uh, depending on what the, what the pardon says, uh, he could also be, be free from any of the sentence that has been meted out against him. But if the royal pardon is dismissed, uh, and until and unless the royal pardon, pardon is dismissed, he will remain as an MP of Pekan. So that's the first thing. Then we have the second, the second option that I think it had already been suggested by his team that they are going to do. They are going to file for a review. Uh, so that will be a review of the um, entire case. And I suspect 
I don't prejudge, but I suspect that it will have to do with the fact that uh, he will say that he has been denied a fair hearing. So what a review is, just, just very quickly, a review is basically an application to the same apex court uh, to reconsider its decision that was uh, delivered and it will be heard by a different panel of judges. The only difference uh, is that a review uh, very rarely succeeds and it is only allowed in very limited circumstances. And one of one such circumstance is where there has been a breach of natural justice. So it has been denied a fair hearing or there has been a conflict, uh, anything, any of those ingredients of what constitutes a fair hearing. Uh, and that, I suspect, will be fouled by Najib's team. And that, if allowed, would have the effect of overturning the decision that has been made today. But I must emphasize that it very rarely uh, succeeds. Uh, but until then, uh, Najib will have to serve his sentence. He will go to prison. He will have to uh, pay the fine that has been imposed on, on, on him. And I think in default of that, further prison sentence, um, there, there, there is no application that can be made at this juncture prevent him from uh, serving his sentence. So writing is pretty much on a wall for him insofar as the judicial process is concerned. So those are the two things that I suspect is going to happen. So we've all seen that there has been a recent slew of attempts, right, to get proceedings delayed, uh, including this last-minute call to recuse the Chief Justice. What is your take on on how it's been and how that, that's been handled, I suppose? Well, I I thought that, and then this is really just my personal opinion, I thought that if there is indeed an argument uh, on, the on, on the merits of the case uh, to say why the earlier court was wrong, then that should have been taken rather than uh, the numerous applications to have the matter delayed uh, and other ancillary uh, attacks, if I can put it that way, uh, against the judiciary. Um, I, I don't think that uh, such attacks, you know, based on experience, would have been successful. Uh, I thought that it would, be, at least he should have put forth his best argument on why the uh, earlier courts were wrong. And to offer no submissions, uh, some may say that it is a uh, strategy move to uh, give the impression that he has been denied a fair hearing uh, that you know could somehow appeal to the masses uh, at GE15 uh, or uh, form a foundation of a ground for review for breach of natural justice uh, before a different panel. Uh, but I thought that to not offer any submissions when you're at your final appeal, it's suicidal. So the Chief Justice has actually been in quite a spotlight uh, throughout the course of this. Um, what do you make of the kind of conversation happening around her handling of the case? <laughs> well, there's been a lot of uh, praises and, and uh, what, what is really unfortunate is the many attacks that many personal attacks that has been uh, launched 
by politicians as well as uh, those on social media against the uh, Chief Justice. And, and I thought those, those attacks that were made were quite clearly an intimidation of the judiciary and a clear attempt to interfere with the new administration of justice. So those are um, uh, actions that really should be punished with uh, contempt of court because uh, to, add, to, to, to deny the court from, or rather to restrict the court from doing what it's constitutionally uh, set out to do, uh, that's, 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 that's really wrong. And I hope the authorities, uh, as well as uh, especially the Attorney General, will look into this because uh, the court should not uh, be put in a position where it has to take action against uh, uh, these individuals that have quite clearly interfered with the administration of justice. The Attorney General uh, should do it. And uh, I think overall, uh, you know, it, it, it has received a lot of uh, praises and it has uh, proven in a, in a way that the rule of law, uh, the fact that everyone is equal before the law, uh, and under uh, the law, uh, that has been reaffirmed uh, by the federal court during the course of these proceedings. Perhaps expectedly, we're also seeing a lot of speculation coming out, right? Um, you know, both in terms of public statements and also on social media about the, the case and the verdict in particular. What advice would you have on how to avoid fake news in this instance? Yeah, I I saw that there was a... Uh, leaked, or I'm not sure if it's leaked, but there was this link shared by uh, Raja Petra uh, on uh, a decision that has yet to be delivered uh, on his blog. So, so that was that, that that quite clearly is another example of uh, um, interfering with the administration of justice, and it should also be punished uh, with uh, contempt of court. Um, I think. It is quite easy to verify what's going on. Uh, just look at the and, and this is you know a whole different conversation altogether. The plague of uh, fake news. Just look at Kahakeman. Uh, it's 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 and the grounds of decision would be published normally uh, in in quite a short time after it has been delivered. So those are your uh, authoritative sources where if in the event of any doubt, just just look at that. Of course, trust the reporters, you know, BFM, those uh, authorized news source uh, to, to to report on, on on what's there. And yeah, you public needs to be aware. I mean, we can't we can't can't murder them. <laughs> and what might this outcome indicate about the other court cases involving high-profile politicians? Well. I think leading up to uh, the verdict, there's been a lot of uh, murmurs uh, as well as reports, I'm not sure it's fake or not, on attempts to interfere with the uh, judiciary. Uh, even yesterday, you know, we have heard uh, emergency meetings and, 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 and all that. And I'm not sure if the reports were true, but I think uh, it's... It's despicable to even think of trying to interfere with uh, 
the administration, new administration of justice, uh, and thinking that you would get away with it. And we know that politicians, you know, they feel that having built political power and executive power for so long, they could uh, use one's institution to breach the separations of powers that's that's there in order uh, for their own benefit. And I think this is really a stark reminder to uh, all other politicians who are in uh, similar situations that they can't do that. And they should not even think about doing that. Because it most likely, <laughs> I wouldn't say in all cases, probably wouldn't work. Sinyu, is there anything you'd like to leave us with as a final message? Well, I think this is, uh, you know, it's a bit of a somber moment and because it's the first time a person who has held the highest executive office in the land has been convicted and uh, imprisoned. Uh, in many ways, it's also quite a sad reminder of the state of affairs of our country. And I suppose there will be a lot of celebrations by certain parties uh, or certain quarters today. But let's not forget that there is, or rather there was, probably there is still, there is a system and there are enablers, and many enablers that have made this possible. So we have seen one man taken uh, the fall for it, but what about those others who had been part of this system? Quite surely, is not the only one that had uh, benefited from it. So let's not forget that. And let's not think that simply because we have one person convicted and jailed, that there is, uh, it won't happen again. As long as the system is there, as long as the enablers that, uh, are there, and as long as those who aspire to be enablers uh, are there, we might see history repeating itself. Sinyu, thank you for speaking with us today. Thank you. That was lawyer Niu Sinyu taking us through the verdict uh, that was just announced this afternoon, of course, around Datuk Sri Najib Razak, 12-year prison sentence, 210 million ringgit fine in default of another five-year imprisonment. We're asking you for your thoughts on this. How are you feeling now that the verdict is out? Do you have questions about it? Do you have comments? We want to hear from you. Um, you can call us double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or a WhatsApp at 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.